0: Good morning. Again, if y'all will take your copy of God's Word, be finding your way to the book of Romans, the book of Romans. We have been there in the past, as you see on the screen behind me. I'm preaching and teaching through a series called The Marks of a True Christian. I think it is a timely message uh, for all of us. Maybe I'm just preaching to myself here lately. All right, so in the last 20 years, I have been in some form of marketing and And I have seen, over the course of that time, serving at the item for seven and a half years, being at uh, Tumi Healthcare System, now Prisma Health, Tumi for 10, being at Chick-fil-A, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly from humanity's sake. Right? Even this morning as I think about it, I've stood on crime scenes where across from me, across from offenses, lays a dead body. I, I have seen wonderful miracles of god be performed by him in our operating room where people's lives were saved and we got to tell their stories but this morning as we go to the text that I, that we're gonna that i'm gonna go to the day I, I can't help but remember the story so a few years ago me being the social media guy i'm kind of a dinosaur now because i got into it when it was you know in its infancy so i'm the old man i can't i'm not as great and tech savvy as my kids right they could blow past me in a heartbeat. But I was a social media guy, and so I was the watchdog, if you will, for Toomey about what people were saying about Toomey or commenting to Toomey or tagging Toomey in. And so I'll never forget that one day there was a post that began to circulate, and a gentleman was in the emergency room, and he took a picture of some of our nurses in the nurse's station on their phone, and he made some derogatory comment. And from there, an all-out social media war ensued, right? Because he made his comments, and then everybody, if their sister or brother or mother or anybody was related to health care, they went on there and they felt that they needed to defend their people, right? And, and, and sometimes rightfully so. But what was interesting about this guy, he, this joker, was, I don't even remember his name, but I do remember this. If you went on there and your name was Kathy and you made a comment, he'd come back and respond and say, well, Karen or Elizabeth, whatever. He wouldn't even call you by the name that he, that you, your, your screen name, your name that shows. And so I'll never forget during that, as the person who's a social media guy, it's one thing for me to post on my social media accounts. It's another thing to post and respond representing 1,700 people. Okay, if you can imagine, imagine that. Some of y'all don't think twice about what y'all post on social media, but I had to, especially when it came to speaking for a brand, to speaking for 1,700 other people. And so I was furious, and I was like, we need to post, we need to comment, we need to combat this. And I'll never forget in that moment, one of the most awesome leaders that I have ever had the privilege of serving underneath is a godly woman, Michelle Logan Owens, We were in her office, and she said, no, Chris. She said, we're not going to post anything. I'm like, Michelle, come on, we got, Chris, we're not going to post anything. Well, she's the big boss lady, and, you know, she effectively maybe signs my check, right? So I'm like, okay. I was furious. But in that moment, I just want to ask you about yourself and think about yourself for a moment. When you are attacked, when your family is attacked, when your children is attacked, what is your natural tendency to do? Fight back to attack back this morning before I shared this story I wound up in Proverbs Proverbs chapter uh, 26 verse 4 answer not a fool according to his folly lest you be like him yourself and so this morning we want I want to talk about the word persecution so if you will look with me in Romans chapter 12 but before we get there I just want to kind of play catch up if you will, right? We we've had a couple other messages since the last time we've been in this series. This series Romans chapter 12 starting in verse 9 through 21 is really an exhortation from Paul as he's writing and it's really one continuous sentence. We don't see that as we read chapter and verse and we see those breaker we see those breaks We see those breaks in punctuation. But in essence, as he he wrote, under the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit, he just began to pour out what love looked like. And so one of the things I want to remind you of is that this passage contains practical examples of what authentic love looks like in action. You know, what the world needs now more than ever are true followers of Christ. They're looking for the real thing. And not Coca-Cola, they're looking for believers who can walk the walk, but not only that, they talk the talk, but walk the walk. Right? What they say they believe, they live out in the world around them. Because if, I don't know about you, but, you know, if you're looking for the perfect church, you're never going to find one. Because every church is filled with broken people. Every church is filled with hypocrites, including myself, broken and a hypocrite. So what the world needs now is true followers of Christ. And so as we look, as we know from Scripture, as we look into Scripture, it's like looking in a mirror. And so we see our warts and our blemishes and our flaws and everything in it, but that's why it's important, I feel, to take a, uh, take a text like this and to break it down verse by verse and chunk by chunk because there are things that we need to examine within our own lives. Right, I can't tell you how many times somebody come up and say, Preacher, man, I wish she would have been here and heard that message today. Oh, preacher, I wish he would have been here. He needed to hear that. Well, wait a second. How about you? Right, sometimes God wants to speak to you. It's not about everybody else. What does God want to say to you? And so my prayer is this morning that the Holy Spirit will speak directly to your hearts and lives. Why? Because I know that's what he does. He did that to me. He met me where I was in my sin, in my shame, in my guilt, and he rescued me from that. Because if we, if we try to do it on our own, we're only going to make a bigger mess. Listen, I think ultimately one of the other things I've reminded you of in this series is this, that you can't just decide to follow Jesus when you feel like it. We have to follow him even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. Furthermore, love is a verb. We're not just to say we love others, but we are to seek ways to show and share our love, to share His love with others. We're to love and to serve others. We love why? Because He first loved us. How many of you in here have mastered patience? Wow, nobody. All right, I'm in good company. Woohoo. Awesome. Listen, patience is a byproduct of having been with Jesus. And impatience is a result of losing sight of who is in control and of the end goal. We, we get impatient when we forget who's in control. We're not the ones in control. And so this morning, I want us to turn our attention to Romans chapter 12, one verse, but it's, it's mighty and it's packed. Romans 12 verse 14. Paul says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. If I can, I want to call your attention really quickly to a couple key words that I see. First off, we see the word bless. We we see the word persecute. And we see the word curse. So so what's interesting about this is, if you'll notice, that Paul says, bless those who persecute you. Bless them and do not curse them. In essence, he's giving us a double exhortation. And the reason why, and I didn't see this until late in the game, to almost show time, but listen, he, he's giving us that double exhortation because he's showing us the difficulty of the duty. That it's not in our strength, in our sense, but it's in the Lord's. I mean, even this morning as we sang that song, may Christ be magnified in me. It's something other than me. So look with me here this word bless. What does it mean to bless? It means to speak well of. It means to invoke blessings. It means to wish them the best. To wish them good. To be thankful and to praise God. I don't know about you, but sometimes in our lives, it's kind of hard to see the blessing, much less be a blessing. Especially in times where we've been hurt. Then we see this little word right here that we see, bless those who persecute you, and bless and do not curse them. And I just very simply want to give you the overflow of, of my studying as I sat down with this verse and I asked the Lord to speak, I simply penned these words, and I want to remind you this morning that what we feel is persecution pales in comparison to what our brothers and sisters in Christ are experiencing around the world right now. You know, as I wrestle with that, that, that those who persecute you, I had to think about that, like, have I ever been persecuted? Yeah, as I I shared that story, I I felt like I was. I mean, what does it mean to persecute? What does it mean for there to be persecution? It means that there is harassment. There's trouble. It's someone who pesters you in an aggressive or persistent manner. So I guess furthermore, as I look at that, maybe I have been persecuted. If I could be very transparent this morning, and there was a time in this last two years that I faced a persecution that I'm not even supposed to talk about. So just bear with me as I try to share parts of the story. A little over almost two years ago, I had someone come after me and they questioned my character, they questioned my ministry, they questioned who I am. And what I stand for. But little did that person know, they didn't know me. And the hardest thing to do was to sit on the sidelines and say nothing. The hardest thing was for my wife to read the... the I can't even describe it. The words that this person spewed against me online. And it could say nothing. So this morning as we look at this text, it's an uncomfortable word. It's an uncomfortable word. And, and and so as I wrestle this morning, just know this, that this is not one of those, hey, we start the clock, we end the clock, and, and I'm going to wrap this up with some pretty bow at the end. Like I'm still wrestling with the text. Following Jesus is not easy living out what he says is not easy but again go back to that song christ be magnified in me if he should be magnified then there should be what is as we see in scripture there should be less of me and more of him so as we think about our brothers and sisters around the world who are facing persecution let's put it into perspective of what they're facing they're threatened they're beaten They're estranged, they're alienated, they're in prison, and they're even killed for their faith. Uh, Do we face that in America for being evangelical Christians? No, but I think there's going to come a day that we will. There's going to come a day as you stand for what's right that, that you might be the only person standing and I think this morning, as I think about persecution, I think about the work and the ministry of a group called The Voice of Martyrs. Their website is very simply persecution.com. If, if you want to know about what our brothers and sisters in Christ are facing around the world, go to their site, look at their work, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter, follow them on Facebook, and just be reminded. I, I very quickly just want to remind you to put into perspective, right? Because sometimes we can wallow. And say, Woe is me. But when I read things like what I'm about to share with you, it, it puts it into perspective of what other people who are sold out living for Jesus are facing because of their faith. I, I clicked on the map, I clicked on Egypt. And listen, real quick, just want to go through this overview. Egypt has the fastest growing population in the Middle East and also the largest Christian population among the majority Arab nations. The major religion. 87% of Egyptians are Sunni Muslims. 13% are Christians, including 4% who are evangelical Christians. Who's the persecutor? Various Islamic extremist groups operate in Egypt, including the Muslim Brotherhood and the self-proclaimed Islamic State, or what we know as ISIS. So, what does it mean to follow Christ in Egypt? Listen to this. Christians who are outspoken about their faith are often beaten or imprisoned. When Christians are attacked or kidnapped by Muslims, the government rarely provides protection or assistance. Christian converts from Islam face the most problems, including being expelled from their families, being divorced by their Muslim spouses, losing their children, and losing their jobs. Additionally, Because their government-issued identity cards identify them as Muslim, it is difficult for them to attend church, to marry, to register their children in school, to get a job, or to immigrate elsewhere. Christians charged with apostasy or proselytizing Muslims are generally in prison for a week or two. When was the last time that you've been put in prison for sharing Jesus? Some of y'all this morning, you're not sharing Jesus, so there's no risk of being put in prison. And can I just simply just remind you? Because this old boy, there's a lot I don't know. But I I look at Peter's words in the New Testament, and Peter says this. He says, we can't help but testify of what we've seen and heard. What has Jesus done in your life? What has he done in the life of your family? What has he done in the life of this church? What has he done in the life of those people that are in your circle of influence? Share that. Share what he's doing. And listen He's working. He's working all around us. What we simply need to pray is, Lord, help us to see and to hear how you're working and moving. Because, listen, if we're not sharing how, we're, how he's working and moving, we're not listening and we're not watching, we're not seeing how he's working because he's at work. Praise God, he's at work here at Bethel, amen? He's, he's, he's alive, he's living, he's active. He is still changing hearts and lives. Egypt, here's some prayer requests, and I share these with you just as a reminder, as a simple reminder. Look at the first one. Pray that Egyptian believers will forgive and bless their persecutors. Hello? What's our verse this morning? It's just that. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. We're to live out Scripture. And that's a prayer that we should be praying for them. What about a prayer for Ali, whose father tried to kill him when he became a believer through a satellite TV program? Or Kedisha, whose family tortured her for her faith. She escaped and now is in hiding. Columbia. Not Columbia, South Carolina, but Columbia, South America. Overview really quickly. Many Christians in Colombia are taking great risks to share the gospel in some of the most dangerous places for Christians on earth. Working in these hostile areas often results in persecution from armed guerrillas and paramilitary forces. The major religion, 94% of Colombians are Christians, the vast majority whom are Roman Catholic, while 11% are evangelical Christians, the persecutor. Marxists, atheists, communists, guerrillas, and paramilitary groups who violently persecute Christians. I mean, it's crazy. The prayers for them is to pray for, look at the third one, pray for frontline workers who are sharing the gospel with UPGs. I had no clue what a UPG was until we recently went to a men's Bible conference. A UPG is an unreached people group. Right There are people who, are, who have sold out to Christ, who are from America, and they're going to Colombia. They're going to the uttermost parts of the world to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ because they believe that it is still changing lives and hearts as it is preached and taught. How will they hear unless he is preached? How will they hear unless we share? Churches in the red zones, Marxist guerrillas have been closing churches, burning churches. So bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. This is not an easy word for us to hear this morning. But you know what? Jesus had something to say about that in the Sermon on the Mount. Look with me in Matthew's Gospel. Matthew chapter 5 in the Sermon on the Mount, verses 43 through 48, under the heading of Love Your Enemies. He said, You've heard it said, that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others, than than sinners? What do even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus is calling us to love our enemies and to pray for those who persecute us. Peter had something to say about that. Suffering for righteous sake. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. Finally, all of you, not some of you, all of you have unity. What did we talk about recently in these services? We talked about the, the topic of unity. And that we can't create unity, we can foster an environment of unity, but Jesus is the one who creates unity. Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Man, that's a whole series right there in that one verse. Verse 9, do not repay evil for evil or rivaling for rivaling, but on the contrary, bless For this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. He quotes and he says whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. As he talks here of of, of keep our le- our lips from speaking deceit. Look at the second half there of Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Okay, can we just have a, a moment of, of transparency in the church? It doesn't matter whether it's your church, your family, your friend group, your office. It doesn't matter where you are. There are going to be people in your life that they make you want to cuss. Now, y'all don't sit here like y'all are these like, you know, holy saints? Come on now, can anybody else identify with that? There are going to be people in your lives that they, they are just put there and, and I believe they're holy sandpaper that God puts in our lives to help us to become more like Him. But we're not to curse them. What, is, what does this word mean? This word means that we're not to pray against them and we're not to e- wish evil against them either. I mean, Proverbs twenty twenty two 22 says it's best. Do, do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. How many of y'all like waiting? I know you don't like waiting. I work at Chick-fil-A. Even as fast as we are, people still complain. The other day, this woman come through line, and she rolled her window down. She said, well, by the time you get to us, I'm going to die of hunger. I said, man, I want to say, ma'am, four cars went ahead of you. I think you're going to be all right. I mean, you saw the line before you got in it, amen? We don't like to wait. Proverbs tells us, do not say, I will repay evil. Wait for the Lord, and he will deliver you. You know what's interesting? Paul gives us the answer. He gives us the answer in chapter 12. Look with me in verse 17 through 21. What does he say? He says, repay no one evil for evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Guys, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. I think as I studied this week, there was one word that came to mind. One word. That is the word radical. When we're truly following Jesus, our reactions, our words our deeds will be radical. And the text that we look at this morning, this is a radical word. And I stand before you as somebody who doesn't have it all figured out because it's not easy to walk through being persecuted. It's not easy when your hands are tied. It's not easy when you want to speak up. But, I mean, just like we saw this weekend, there's some people in this world you just can't Please. And our words, our, what we post on social media should matter. Some of y'all, I, 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 I wonder, but it should matter because our thoughts, because our words are a reflection of who Jesus is. So as we post online, they should reflect who Jesus is. Amen? I mean, just like this weekend, like I was saying I mean, people go to the air show, and there became some post in the downtown. Uh, it's changed now. It's a community group. If you're not a part of that and you want some entertainment, just hop on the community something page, right? I mean, you see every walk of life. But somebody went on there and listened to what they started complaining. They said it was cheaper to take your kids to Disney World than it is to feed them at the air show. And people said, well, have you have you not been to the grocery store lately? Like, you didn't pay to park. You didn't pay to enter. But you're there. I'm thankful for wise people like my daughter who try to speak truth. Katie, don't wrestle with the pig. They only get make happy and you get happy and and you get dirty. But she commented and she said something back to him. And it's like, look, I can't remember exactly what all she said, but praise God for people like Katie who are willing to speak up. But again, think about it. How often do you see it on social media? Again, just like me, just like that post with Toomey and Michelle and Michelle saying, "Whoa, stop." Don't comment, because what are you doing? You're just acknowledging that. You're adding fuel to the fire, and you just keep it going. And so the hardest thing to do is press pause and to step back and to say, okay, God, I'm going to let you have control of this. But as I think today about the word radical, I think about a book that I read when it came out over 10 years ago. I think it was 2010 that it came out. I'll never forget. It's a book called Radical by David Platt. And I began to read that book and I don't know if Kendall remembers this but I'm about to remind her. But as I sat down, I was reading that book and I began to read a passage out of that and it was just like I was like, "Whoa." Like what is David saying? What's David Platt saying? And she said, "That's heresy." She's like, "Put that book down." Right? But it's radical. Let me let me look. Let me I want to show you two things that he talked about in that book that I found. And I was reminded of, "Listen, radical obedience to Christ is not easy." It's not comfort, it's not health, not wealth, not prosperity in the world. Radical obedience to Christ risks losing all these things. But in the end, such risk finds its rewards in Christ. And He is more than enough for us. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Listen. He went on to say that we're settling for a Christianity that revolves around catering to ourselves when the central message of Christianity is actually about abandoning ourselves. It is dying to self. It's dying to self. I don't know. It's not, a, not an easy word, is it? And unfortunately, I can't wrap it up with a little pretty bow and give you some great nugget of wisdom to close this message out other than to say the reason I think it's important for us to study passages like what we're studying is because as we look into God's Word, we have to examine our own hearts and our own lives, our own motives, our own responses that we have on a day-to-day basis. Bless those who persecute you, bless, and do not curse them. It's going to take more of Jesus and less of you. I'm thankful you get some. the first service didn't get. So in between the service, I just happened to be scrolling through Twitter. I love love some of the people I follow on Twitter because they challenge me, they encourage me, and so that's where I went for some encouragement. I found this quote from C.S. Lewis, and he said this, When you walk with Jesus, the impossible becomes possible. When you walk with Jesus, the impossible becomes possible. Friends, as we look at a verse like this today, that seems impossible. It just does. But he's calling us to a radical way of life. He's calling us to glorify and to magnify Him. And if we're going to do that, then we have to lean into Him and not of ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but anytime I get involved or I get hot-headed, I usually say or do something that I regret. Hurt people along the way. So I don't know. I don't know what the Lord wants to do after today's message. I don't know what the ending really looks like. Other than to say, other than to come to simply to challenge you, it's got to be more of him and less of us. It's got to be that, that we have to lean into his strength, and into his will, and into his way, and to say, God, I don't know, I don't see it, I don't get it, I don't feel it. But what are we saying this morning? I'm not going to trust my feelings. And if I'm put in the fire, I'm going to trust because, why, you're there with me too. And so this morning, I don't know what the Lord has been speaking to you, what nugget of wisdom, what one of these cross-references, what one of these verses has said to you, but I know one thing, that he's calling us to love and to live like Jesus. He's calling us to, to magnify himself, to, to, for us to be vessels of hope in a dark and dying world why what do we say the world more than ever is looking for true believers people that don't just talk the talk but they walk the walk they 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 say and they walk what they believe and is that going to be easy no we're going to have to lean into his strength we're going to have to spend a lot of times on our knees in prayer we're going to have to humble ourselves and ask for him to work but you know one thing too I'm thankful for as we talked about this morning with the ordinances of why we have baptism why we have communion we do those things because we do those in remembrance of him that he's put you in community with other believers for such a time as this that he's put us together so that we're not alone so that you've got other brothers and sisters in Christ that are interceding and praying for you that you've got other people that can hold your hand or be a shoulder to lean on as you go through the storms of life. We've got the best friend we can ever have, and his name is Jesus. But he's putting people in your life, and he's calling you to go deeper with him, and he's calling you to go deeper with one another. We can't go. I can't go deeper with this whole room, but I can go deeper with one or two people here or there if they invite me in. So my prayer is today, will you invite the Lord into your life so that he can transform you from the inside out to make you more like himself and less like you. And when you invite others or accept the invitation for others when they're near, that you'll see them, that you'll hear them. God has comforted us so that we can comfort others. Amen. He's brought you through storms in this life. He's brought you through trials where you've had to wait on answers from your doctor, where you've had to wait on answers in your marriage, where you've had to wait on answers about your career. And listen, you're not alone. There are other people in the enemy. His number one goal is to seclude us and to isolate us and to make us feel like we're alone. You're not alone. He is with you. So I invite you this morning, let's pray. Father God, I pray. Lord, I don't know, I don't know what you want to do here this morning, but I know that you are good and that you are great. And your word says that you could do far more abundantly than we ask or think. And so Father, I, I pray today as we've talked about this about loving those who persecute us blessing those who persecute us and and praying for our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who are meeting in secret and they're they're hiding lord will you your spirit encourage them and remind them that they're the it's worth it it's worth it that you're worth it father i pray here for the one that lord is wrestling with taking that next step towards you and into living the life that you've called, that radical life of following you and, and trusting you, Father. I pray that they would extend out their hand, Lord, that they would take that next step, whatever it may be, that they would see that you're with them, that you love them, that you have a plan for them, that you knew them before you formed them in their mother's womb. Lord, that, that you are with them. Father, help us to not forget that. Lord, help us to come alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. To love and encourage them as you've loved and encouraged us. Lord, to pray for them, to stand in the gap, to, to just be there, to, to be a presence, to, to go on a ride with, to, to just have a conversation with, to walk with, and remind them that they're loved and not alone. Father, have your way in our hearts. Father, I pray that we've received your word. Now, Father, I pray that we would have the that your spirit would give us the boldness, the courageous the courage to step into the fear and the unknown with an all-knowing God who can be trusted with our hearts and our lives, with our families, with our careers, or with everything. Father, I pray this week that we would seek you, Lord, and that we would seek to show you those people you place in our path. Father, we thank you and we love you for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.